Hi friends, you're listening to Growing Pains. Hello friends, welcome back to the podcast. If you're just tuning in now, Growing Pains is a podcast where I touch on all things growing up, emotional issues and creative alike. It has been quite some time since uh, the last episode has come out and that is not because of any um, well, particular reason. It is not because of anything in particular and really I'm not the biggest fan of giving excuses so let's just get on with this episode. In January 1915, Virginia Woolf wrote in her journal the future is dark, which is the best thing the future can be, I think. Recently, I was reading this really great book called Men Explain Things to Me by Rebecca Solnet. And it's a, it's a book of essays. And in, in one of the essays in it, she touched on this particular sentence, the unknownness and darkness of which Wolf wrote. She writes, Rebecca, Rebecca Solnit writes in her book, it's that it's an extraordinary declaration asserting that the unknown doesn't have to be turned into the known through false divination or the projection of grim political or ideological narratives. It is a celebration of darkness and that I think at the end of the quote it, like stresses the fact that like even the own assertion is uncertain like they were uncertain about everything there is a lot which i do not know about life and i think it shows a lot in my writing and my way of speaking in general i say i also say i think a lot i'm sure of very little as i i think like, i'm sure i've made this very clear on previous episodes of the podcast but like i'm sure of very little and even the stuff that i think i'm sure of um i'm not entirely like persistent about like i'm not entirely like holding on to it and um I think I have a facade of indifference about a lot. I say this a lot on here, um, but I don't entirely know myself to be set in stone. And it's true. I usually know how I'll feel about something. But I also know that sometimes else I won't feel that way about the same something. And I, and I don't know why it happens. And that is as far as I know. A super fun thing I've been thinking about are regrets and life choices, the two, the two being inherently tied up together. Um, I have done a lot to be where I am today, right? Everyone has, it's just a fact of life. I'm not thinking of anything in particular, but I had to have done something, <laughs> at the very least, I had to have made the decision to continue living, right? But I honestly don't think a lot about my decisions which is you know not the best strategy to go about in life so please do not take life advice from me uh and when when i do like uh really think about my decisions i get overwhelmed by how every micro decision i make has led to this this point i'm in in, in my life 
I was doing an interview recently and um, one of the questions was about if there were any major event or situation that shaped me to become who I am now. And I, I kind of didn't know how to answer at first. Uh, I firmly I firmly believe that every single thing that has happened to me and that I have done has led me to where I am. I'm not here by mistake or by chance. I really do not believe in chance. There are probably decisions that hold more weight in the grand scheme of my life, but I'm not entirely sure what these decisions were. I then kind of remembered therapy and being on meds and especially what I learned in psychotherapy and behavioral therapy and I had to mention that because I realized that I really wouldn't be the person that I am if I hadn't learned how to ask for help and how to be more compassionate with myself. I then tried to think of hardships. You know, to make it interesting, I'm not sure I've had difficulties in my life. <laughs> that is a fact of living anyway, and I went through not very cool stuff. But I tried to think about what decisions I took and have regretted in my life. And the thing is, I literally racked my mind and I couldn't think of a thing. I couldn't, like, bring up one single thing that I truly, actually regret. And I... I do not know what that says about me. Like, I have regular passing small regrets. You know, stuff like um, maybe eating that much right before going to bed wasn't the best decision I took. Or maybe saying one more episode just to finish the entire series on a weeknight isn't something I'm entirely proud of. Even the fact that I only just got my driving license like two weeks ago. And if I had gotten it, Two years ago, when I had just turned 18, I would have saved a lot of money. Like, a lot of money. Because for some reason, they charge way more now. You know, I'm very mad about that. I'm extremely mad about this particular thing. These small passing regrets come in other um, unkind forms. I guess I could say unkind forms, like me saying a really mean thing to someone just because I'm not in the best mood. I immediately regret the thing I say and ideally apologize. It doesn't always happen and that's, I mean the, the apology, it doesn't always happen and that's when the regret stays with me for, for a while. But even with those, I'm starting to be much kinder to myself, like... I try to keep this kind of mantra, uh, like I did something, um, it happened, I cannot undo it, and I must continue living my life the best I can. So I have very little regrets, and I have to assume that most people do as well, because it must be so hard to walk around feeling like that all the time. At a certain point in my childhood when I discovered the internet and started participating in what was the internet culture back then, I realize now that I was, from a pretty young age, swamped with so many choices. I knew of so many things, so many lives, so different from mine, all of which I could actually dream to live one day. The internet made a lot of things possible. There is very little arguing 
over that. My generation has been brought up with so much exposure to the outside world, so much more than any generation before us ever, and that is, you know, brilliant brilliant stuff but the amount of choices that are accessible to us and we now know were accessible to us is something unprecedented my parents didn't have to choose between all those things because they didn't have as much alternatives like like i have and of the choices they did have the information about those alternatives weren't as accessible as they are now. Like, if I never knew that living in another country is an option I could pursue, I would never have, I would never have even considered it. But my brain is now aware of a possibility like that. Like, my grandparents probably never even dreamt of leaving their hometown. Or if they did, the decision back then was a much bigger decision than it is now. I remember one time in high school, I said jokingly to my friend that I know everything about what it's like living in LA, just from the amount of vlogs I watched of normal people going about their lives there. Now, that is not true. Of course, that is not entirely true. But what is true in that statement is incredible and also a bit frightening. When I am making decisions now, given the amount of choices I have, I kind of have to really think about what I value in my life so that I would always put that in consideration. It makes things a lot easier. I think a lot about a really overused quote from The Bell Jar by Sylvia Plath about about the fig tree. I even kind of included a tip of the hat to it in one of my poems, which is part of a collection I'm publishing soon enough, but more on that later. For you guys who are not familiar with the quote, it goes like this. I saw my life branching out before me like the green fig tree in the story. From the tip of every branch, like a fat purple fig, a wonderful future beckoned and winked. One fig was a husband and a happy home and children, and another fig was a famous poet, and another fig was a brilliant professor, and another fig was Europe and Africa and South America, and another fig was Constantine and Socrates and Attila and a pack of other lovers with queer names and offbeat professions, and another fig was an Olympic lady crew champion, and beyond and above these figs were many more figs I couldn't quite make out. I saw myself sitting in the crotch of this fig tree, starving to death, just because I couldn't make up my mind which of the figs I would choose. I wanted each and every one of them, but choosing one meant losing all the rest, and, as I sat there, unable to decide, the figs began to wrinkle and go black, and one by one, they plopped to the ground at my feet. The first time I had stumbled upon that quote before reading the novel, I was so astonished at how that metaphor tapped into this certain fear I had. It is probably something a lot of young people experience feeling. I I certainly did, and still do sometimes. But only after I had read 
the bell jar that I realized there was some kind of continuation to that that quote that after the main character Esther after she thinks of the fig tree and all the possibilities of future lives she, she goes to a restaurant and I think she was with someone and she goes to a restaurant and eats something I don't know and she says that after the first bite she realizes that maybe the vision of the fig tree and the rotting figs falling to the ground might have and I quote risen from the profound void of an empty stomach. Okay, so first of all, that is relatable as f***. Only the people who have to deal with me IRL know how insufferable and absolutely miserable I get when running on an empty stomach. But like also, oh my god, I realized the fake vision was just an amplification of a probably very real fear but the quote out of context or like even with context but without the extra bit about esther i don't know forgetting to eat it all made it seem like that is some kind of inevitable end to people with lots of potential or many dreams like you will end up in a crotch of a fig tree regretting everything <laughs> because you didn't take action soon enough like no no, it is so not that. And that quote is not used properly and it makes me so mad. I really want to issue a reminder here and say that no one has, like, no one ever has perfect information. Whenever you're faced with a choice, you never have a 100% guarantee that you can, that you're able to make the right decision. The right decision, in quotation marks, being disputable, of course. <laughs> it may sound obvious, but accepting whatever comes and being kind to yourself is so important to not being miserable. Just go eat a sandwich. The figs are not going to rot. Another less sentimental and emotional reminder is to fill the listener survey if you haven't yet. If you have, thank you very much. Your response informs the way the podcast will be like going forward. It takes less than three minutes to fill, so I'll leave a link for y'all in the episode description. And in other great news, Growing Pains has been featured in the Africa Podcaster 2020 Spotlight, which you can find on the International Podcast Day website. Of course, I leave links to that in the episode description. I am so proud to be featured alongside other brilliant podcasters, all of which are women, by the way, which is lovely. Thank you guys for tuning in to these bi-weekly, but mostly irregular talks with me. These episodes are very therapeutic for me to record, and the messages I get about them being soothing for you literally means the world to me. That is the best I could ever hope to be. A calming presence or a companion in anyone's life. If you want to connect more with the pod or me, you can always do so on Instagram and Twitter. I'll leave links for all of that also in the episode description. The music you're hearing right now and at the beginning of the podcast is by Wayne John Bradley. This was Nayir Al-Guhari. Take care of yourself. Mm-hmm.